The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. Wrestling to the Max Smackdown Review. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Wrestling to the Max's SmackDown Live review for November 21st, 2017. And we are brought to you by W2Mnet.com, the place where you'll find all your great wrestling needs and a lot more. And hey, don't forget to go subscribe, rate, review over there at Wrestling to the Max, because once you do, you get this review show, plus all the other great review shows we do, and our regular episodes of Wrestling to the Max. Don't forget the W2M Network as well. That'll get you every single podcast that W2Mnet.com has to offer. So that's also another great place to go find things. Hey, and we'll make sure you give some big love to 411mania.com and last word on ProWrestling.com. Both great supporters of ours. We want to give those guys some love over there as well. I hope everyone is enjoying their Thanksgiving. I know this is the week of lots of eating, sleeping, and just having a good time with family and friends. But we are here excited about talking about SmackDown. And that's right. You hear my voice. I am not Harry Broadhurst. Sadly, he is sick. Uh, So I am Gary Vaughn. I am filling in tonight. You usually hear me over on the Raw brand and NXT. But I am glad to be here. And joining me is the regular co-host of this show, Liz Paglosi. Hello, how are you tonight, Gary? I'm good. How about yourself? How are things going over there? How are you enjoying, you know, this holiday week? Pretty good, pretty good. Already busy cooking. Oh, man. Yeah, it's got to start early, right? <laughs> yeah. Some of my family's going down to Maryland, so I'm sending some things. Oh, man. That's fun. You know, it, it's always a, you know, a good time, you know, cooking and all that. My wife actually, as we speak right now, is making tons of desserts for our family gathering. So uh, that's keeping her busy. And, of course, SmackDown kept me busy tonight. So hey, everyone's got a lot going on. And I hope everyone listening, you know, hey, if you maybe people listening right now are cooking their Thanksgiving dinners or getting it ready. Hey, that's cool to me, you know. So uh, but I'm glad to be here and I appreciate you letting me join you tonight, Liz. This is going to be an interesting SmackDown to talk about. I think. I think we're uh, going to have a lot of fun here. All right. Well, let's go ahead and start this thing off, Liz. Let's go ahead and start by talking about Shane McMahon coming down to the ring. And, you know, I'll say this. The the guy didn't act like he was beaten down really good on Sunday. He seemed like he was in pretty decent spirits, which is a little funny, but I guess he's had a, a, a day uh, to rest. So, uh, But, yeah, he comes down and he wants to make sure he throws some you know, shout outs to all the guys and gals on the SmackDown roster that worked really hard. He was very, very proud of everything that they did at Survivor Series despite their disappointing loss. And says that they proved that they are the show despite losing at Survivor Series. So we have him doing that. And he goes on to say that, you know, he may be proud of everyone, but he's not proud of. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, the two guys that came down and attacked him and really affected that SmackDown crew uh, trying to win that Survivor Series. So he brings them down. Uh, They come down and kind of state their case that 
they think that Shane should be the one to apologize because he's the one who kept them off the team, kept them from helping SmackDown win Survivor Series. So they go on to kind of say all that. And then we go from there and we have Shane basically coming back and saying, look, you know, I only have two words for you guys. And he is about to fire them until Daniel Bryan comes down and says, hey, you know, hold on a second, Shane. These two guys, they've gotten a lot of trouble with the entire SmackDown roster. I had to send Randy Orton home because if he said he found them, he may not know what he can handle himself around them. So I had to let him go home. And I've got the guys like the New Day who are just ready to crush him. So let's set up a match here, and he sets up a lumberjack match between the New Day and uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn here. And so the odds are obviously against those two guys coming up. What did you think about this opening segment and all that kind of ensued here, Liz? I enjoyed it. I actually, the same as you, when Chain was coming out, I kind of was like, well, he's not really selling anything, for lack of a better term. He was very peppy. Um... I enjoyed the segment. I like Daniel coming out. They haven't let a week show even really see Daniel, which I find interesting because I like Daniel slightly more than I like Shane. Um, I think it's a really good opening segment. I was saying earlier in um, in the chat that it was already better than Roar, in in my opinion. I think it it, it built it up. I'm I was surprised about the lumberjack, but I was pleasantly pleased at the way it turned out. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and there's, you know, a, a lot of factors that come into play here in this whole storyline tonight. And, you know, I think this is a great way to kind of get things rolling. I, I love you kind of have Shamey Man, too. Immediately, the first thing he wants to do is just fire these guys. It, it, to me, it shows a lot of continuity. Anybody in Shane's position would do that, right? They'd be like, of you know, course. screw these guys. <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, it was. And for a second, I was like, oh, wait, are they going to go to Raw? Are they going to fire them? Are they going to play up the whole thing from, oh, they were sent home from Europe? You know, I was like, <laughs> As much as they kind of dip into kayfabe every once in a while, I'm surprised they didn't bring up the European trip. Uh, you, you make a good point there. So, yeah, I mean. I, you know, I thought maybe they were, you know, playing with the fans a bit, you know, about that, like, you know, working it in. I kind of wish they did, but I, I mean, hey, <laughs> it's okay. They, they at least gave us enough here to show us that, you know, Shane was pissed off and he was going to fire him until Daniel Bryan intervened. And I, I like this. I had the, some of the thought processes you did. Hey, I mean, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn on Raw may not be a bad deal. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but no, they are going to transpire and stay here on SmackDown. And, and since we're in the conversation, we'll go ahead and kind of mention this. Throughout the night, we have Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn going around the locker room and trying to make friends. <laughs> <laughs> trying to trying to get some guys on their side because they know once they face anybody on the outside in that big match, it could be a disaster for them. Uh, they go to Baron Corbin, try to sweet talk him. He basically tells them no, he doesn't like him and can't stand him. Yeah. Uh, and the fact that they need to go find someone else that's weak minded, uh, they approach Bobby Roode. Bobby Roode says no way, yells at him and says, "Look, you guys screwed." me out of an opportunity to have a big time victory at Survivor Series my first Survivor Series ever there's no way I'm going to back you guys and I owe you guys a receipt so 
those are a couple of guys not happy. Uh, the only guys we kind of find uh, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens approach that are kind of halfway into it is Rusev and Aiden English. And these guys are, you know, kind of heels anyway. So I think right. they're kind of listening in. So uh, what did you think about those interactions between Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn in the back? I really enjoyed them. I think they were very well done. I mean, they've done similar things in the past where people have gone to recruit partners. They've always, you know, well, not always, but sometimes fell kind of flat. But I think they all pretty much nailed it. Bobby Roode, I was very pleased with because I say it a lot with Harry that as a a face, um, Bobby just comes off so disinterested. He comes off so flat. There's no real fire behind him. He was really fired up tonight, which I enjoyed. I'm sorry, Liz. You're cutting out a little bit for me. I don't oh, know. I'm sorry. My No, my dog jumped on me. I had to move. <laughs> Bobby. Just, just tell me what you, what were you saying about Bobby Roode. I'm really curious what you were saying about Bobby Roode. I've, I've said it a few times with Harry um, that quite often in his segments on SmackDown, he comes off very flat. He's very monotone. There's no fire. There's no you know, passion, there's no oomph to whatever he's saying. He's just talking. But today he was really fired up. It, you know, you saw the Bobby Roode that you, you know, used to from, you know, TNA and, and NXT. So I enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I look at this as something that they get. Bobby Roode in the heel mode compared to this face mode, only because of just what you're saying there. When he has that energy behind him, when he's really angry, when he plays that role, like he did in NXT, I'll say that. He really does a great job. He really kind of has that fire underneath him. As a baby face, it's, it is it is kind of flat. Even at times with beer money, I thought he was good, but he he kind of, you know, got to be goofy and things like that. It wasn't right. anything straight, you know, so mm-hmm. I, I, I think, you know, Hey, it's it's good to see energy coming out of Bobby Roode. I'm right there with you. So I think that was a pretty fun segment there with those two guys uh, having to hear it from a guy like Roode. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, uh, you know, we'll kind of catch up on the Rusev stuff later. But this all leads up to this match at the main event. And we have the situation go down kind of like we thought it would. We have a decent match between all the guys. Uh, Sami Zayn keeps throwing guys out of the ring for the New Day. Uh, New Day guys keep landing on the outside, you know, and they just get to sit out there and hang out because guess what? The SmackDown Live roster is not mad at them. So you got guys like Kofi and uh, we even have, I believe, Xavier Woods on the outside at sometimes, you know, kind of hanging out there and no one's doing the thing. And it's really pissing off Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. They're not happy about this. They're yelling, you should attack them, blah, blah, blah. And then when those roles are reversed, when Sami Zayn steps one foot outside the ring, a brawl ensues where they start to beat up Sami Zayn just because he's yeah. outside. <laughs> so <laughs> I love when they kind of crowd surfed him back. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was great. It was. It was. And, and that's what's fun. So this was kind of formula. The beginning of this was really just kind of what you expected. Nothing out of the ordinary. Here's where things get a little bit interesting. And, and that's when we have Sami Zayn on the outside once more. And Baron Corbin goes to punch him. But Zayn gets out of the way. And Z- Corbin ends up punching Bobby Roode right in the face, uh, which causes those two guys to battle and which causes everyone to battle. So now you've. 
Yeah. So now you have a situation where the lots of distractions, guys are even getting in the ring and fighting and brawling throughout the arena. And this causes enough distraction for Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn to steal a victory over New Day. Um, but that doesn't fare well for New Day uh, for the victory, but they do fare well when they begin a beatdown on Sami Zayn as Kevin Owens, Rusev, and Aiden English all do their beatdowns, but they Sami Zayn gets left. So that's uh, kind of bad news for him. Um, what did you think about all that? I thought it came off, you know, really well. I think it definitely held, it definitely held, you know, a person's attention. Um, you kind of, well, I know I just, you know, you suspected that something was going to happen with the lumberjacks. I think the last lumberjack they had, I don't remember what it was, at least a few months ago, was like very boring. They were just like kind of there, and you know, nothing really happened. But they utilized it really well. Sammy's beat down, you know. For me, I love Sammy. I think his current. Um, gimmick is uh, going over you know really well and you know for me I was like oh poor Sammy you know but it it, it, it furthers it and with Kevin running away you, you're interested to see what's going to happen next yeah I'm sorry you're still cutting on me on me a little bit here Liz I don't know what's going on with the maybe Skype is being a jerk tonight <laughs> Skype sometimes will do that to us uh, so, uh, but yeah, I mean, we, we go from this main part of the show, uh, match, the big match, and, and we get into, uh, the end part here. Um, we'll just go ahead and mention it since this all kind of goes together. We have Kevin Owens going backstage and begs Daniel Bryan not to fire him and Sammy. And Daniel Bryan's like, look, I wasn't, I mean, why, why are you concerned about me? Why is your sir concerned about Zane? You know? And he says, look, I'm not going to fire you. I wasn't going to fire you in the first place. Uh, but what I will do is put you in a match uh, against Randy Orton next week. And Kevin Owens says, you can't do that. And Daniel Bryan says, oh, I can't. And uh, Owens kind of thought, uh, no, you're right. You're right. Okay, that's fine. So we kind of go off the air like that. But, I mean, that kind of sums up kind of the end of the night. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn get a victory, but they still don't really win in the end. Uh, but neither does really the SmackDown roster. I don't think that they get the revenge that they wanted. You know, I mean, how did you feel overall about this whole story of the night? Did you really think this was a great? Because this kind of took over the entire show. It did, which which was different. So I liked it because it's usually, you know, it's pieced out. They have it, you know, in batches, you know, so to speak. And then that's it. I rather like that it was stretched out, that they, you know, furthered it along. For me, the takeaway is okay. Shane left. He expected them. He expected Daniel to fire them. So it's going to be interesting to see how they continue to build up the, um, the issues between Daniel and uh, Shane. But I, I didn't mind that they stretched it out through through the show. I think it was a good idea. I, I'm right there with you, and they do this a lot with Kevin Owens in general. They they really have done this many many times in the feuds that he's had with different people and. I think it works well. It's a great formula. Kevin Owens is great on the mic. He he does an excellent job. And you were talking about Sami Zayn earlier. And I, I didn't because of Skype. I couldn't hear everything you were saying about Sami Zayn. But Sami is a guy that you know I'm not really used to seeing him in this form of being a heel, kind of being a bad guy. Uh, but I think he's doing a decent job of it. And so these two together, uh, it's it's a story that I'm really enjoying following. And not only that. 
it, it holds my attention throughout the entire night. So that's a big positive for me, you know. No, I, I absolutely agree. I absolutely agree. It's definitely a good storyline. And obviously, after all their years of friendship, they work well together. So I think that's, you know, a big help to it. Oh, yeah, for sure. So. Uh, well, you know, we kind of have that whole thing go down, and we set our piece on that. So I think we can kind of move on to some other things that happened in this show. And we have, you know, I think, you know, some things that people will be kind of interested in, kind of like when we talk about Shelton Benjamin and Jay Uso, who take on each other. Uh, of course, you know, Jimmy and Chad Gable are both on the outside with their respective partners. Um, and they have a pretty decent match here, I'll say. Uh, you, you actually get Jey Uso kind of getting quite a bit of offense in, and Shelton Benjamin, you know, he does his thing. I think both of them really put a lot of effort into this one. Uh, but things got kind of shaky. Uh, Chad Gable is, of course, on the outside trying to mess with Jay, kind of causes a little distraction, which creates an opportunity for Benjamin to hit pay dirt and get the win. For these two guys, so the Usos aren't victorious here. But what did you think about this match and the fact that we've got Chad Gable, you know, kind of, I guess you'd say, doing a little dirty? Yeah, you know, Gable's definitely been showing a lot of, you know, you know charisma. I think he's really, you know, coming along. I don't, I wasn't a big fan of the American Alphas. Um, and for me, they just, you know, felt a little flat. I know, they, I mean, they were they were good and everything, but they just fell flat. He shows a lot more personality now, which which I like, and I've always been a fan of, of Shelton's. Um, so I was glad to see him in a singles match against Jay, which I which was a good match. I, I thought it was a lot of good back and forth. Um, yeah, I, you know, it was for once for a second you're like, okay, who's the heels in this? Because I'm used to the Usos being heels, and I missed something along the way where maybe they're not the heels anymore, and Gable and Benjamin are. But it furthered, you know, it furthered the storyline. You know, I liked it. I I like Gable being a little dirty there. Yeah, it definitely makes him more interesting. You know, he I, when American Alpha was around, they were really fun to watch, only for the fact that they had a lot of talent. But you're right, the personalities really were not there. They did not have enough personality to keep people hanging on to everywhere that they had to say, or really keep them interested outside of the ring. So. Now that he has a tag partner in Shelton Benjamin, who already has a lot of fame behind him, a lot of people in the industry mm-hmm. really respect Shelton Benjamin. And then you have Chad kind of going out and actually using some of these dirty tricks and things like that to kind of build on his character. And maybe it may be, you know, the bad guy type of way doing, but he still doesn't. And that's fine. At least it gives us something to really kind of hang on to with Chad. So I think this is working out really well for these guys. And I've heard plenty of times people saying, well, Shelton Benjamin's eventually just going to drop Chad or whatever's going to happen. But you never know. I mean, uh, these guys, if they stick together, I think they're a great team. And if they don't, they'll be fine on their own, I think, eventually. Because I think Chad Gable has really taken a lot from what Benjamin has, I think, kind of showed him. I think we've had a, a great chance to see a guy learn under a veteran who has that experience to kind of share with Chad. So, it seems to be working right now, and you know, to beat a guy like Jay Uso, who's—I mean, my God—he's been on a roll. Uh, him and Jimmy have really taken that tag division under control. And heck, Definitely. I mean, their, their Survivor Series match was great. The matches they have a New Day—I I, I said this on uh, our regular episode of Wrestling of the Max this week. I told everybody, I said, you know, Usos are going to get an award for me. I don't care what it is in the end of January, but they're going to get an award. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think they've just done I, that good. I, 
yeah, I back you up on that one. I think they definitely are, um, you know, the tag team, you know, definitely on SmackDown. I mean, as much as, you know, you know, the new day is the new day. But I think they definitely are. the. I, for me, I, I'd say they're the top tag team in, in the company between the, you know, between the two shows. I mean, they've obviously been together the longest, so they ha- and most of the twins, you know, so they have that chemistry. They have all that going for them. But they've really, you know, um, reinvented themselves in, in a way. I guess they're more themselves, actually, now than their previous dancing Samoan thing. Um, and it's, it's really worked. I said to Harry um, a few weeks ago that sometimes for me it seems like they just say the same thing over and over and over and over again. <laughs> um, but even in the last few weeks, you've seen a big change in that. Yeah, you really have. You're right about that. And that's what makes them really interesting. And it's it's part of the reason why you actually kind of care about what they're doing. It's not just the same old hat. And I think a lot of these teams, even some of the guys in these singles roles, kind of get hooked into their gimmick and, and just kind of mm-hmm. do the same routine, right? They don't really change right. things up. And uh, I think you're right. Those guys have really done a great job of reinventing themselves and, and doing it over time, not just sticking with one thing. I, I think you're, you're onto something there. And uh, I'm enjoying every minute of it. I'll say that. I really am. Yeah, me too. I've always liked that, you know, the Usos. And I think they, you know, are continuing to evolve and improve. And it's only going to benefit them. Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. So uh, I think the tag division right now, as it says for SmackDown, is starting to look a little bit better. I, I really do. I, I think for a little while there, we were kind of concerned because who else is going to do it <laughs> but without the Usos and New Day? Exactly. Uh, and, and we may still have some of those questions. But I, I think with, you know, right now with Benjamin and Gable, then you also throw in, you know, some of these other tag teams that we're still in question with, um, we can get starting to build some things. And I think hopefully we do that and do it the right way. Let's jump into something else. That's kind of interesting here. Uh, let's talk about this. This is kind of a funny thing because this is not a repeat, uh, because it's a different brand, but it seems like a repeat. Uh, we have Naomi sitting in the makeup chair, just kind of having a chat, talking a little bit about some things, uh, to the makeup artist. And then the next thing you know, Ruby riot, from NXT shows up and says hello and then introduces two other ladies, Liv Morgan and Sarah Logan. And uh, Naomi stands up and, you know, the girls say, oh, no, you don't have to stand up. But they just say, okay, it's time to attack her. So they basically just attack her <laughs> and beat Naomi down, uh, which is kind of reminiscent of what we saw on Monday Night Raw and Paige. Yeah, Paige and her girls uh, took care of business, Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville uh, beat down uh, some people last night. I, I'm, I'm missing. I forgot. But anyway, uh, anyway, so we get on that, and we have Naomi getting beat down. And Becky Lynch decides to get involved, and she attempts to save the day, but she cannot. The numbers okay. game catches up with her. Yeah, I know. And she really took the beating. Naomi got kind of lucky on she this. She really did. So, boy, uh, what did you think about the beating? And what do you think about this trio? Um, okay, so I don't watch NXT all that often. I am a horrible fan. I know I probably should. But in terms of this, it's for me, it's okay, because now I can begin to love or hate them based on, you know, what, what they do here. I'm not, so I've never been a huge fan of Paige's, um, but I, I enjoyed the fact that she had, you know, two other people, you know, with her, change things up a little bit. 
like most people that I'm saying, I'm not a huge fan of the fact that they basically redid the whole scenario on on SmackDown, but I liked it better on SmackDown. Um, everybody, I mean, you were, everybody was expecting Paige to de- debut back soon. Um, the whole twist of her having a little crew, you know, was nice. Even when they were saying to Naomi, oh, you know, sit down, and you're thinking, you know, oh, okay, they're going to attack her. I was still startled for some reason when they actually did it, and they really destroyed poor Becky. Um, I kind of liked it better on SmackDown than I did on Roar. I think it was a little more... I don't know. In a, in a strange, strange way, it almost came off a little more organic, a little more, you know, natural. Okay, here's, you know, three girls, three ladies who haven't been here before. We're going to come in. We're going to show them, you know, what we're made of. We're going to take over. It's definitely going to liven, definitely going to liven things up. Yeah, it's very interesting. And before people email me and say, you don't remember Raw, you just talked about it last night. Okay, <laughs> it, it, it was Sasha Banks, it was Bailey, and of course, we had Mickey James involved. And then they beat down the champion, uh, of course, that is Alexa Bliss. So, yes, I mean, you're right. The, that was a different kind of beat down for the fact that it was mostly in the ring. And we kind of had an idea that something may happen. But we weren't really sure about it. This really kind of came out of the blue because you didn't expect them to completely do a very similar thing, right? I I honestly thought this was going to be the opposite of what Paige and her crew did. I thought maybe Ruby Riot was there to be friends and hand out bubblegum to people and be a nice person. <laughs> uh, no, she decided not to do that. And her crew is really looking vicious. And like, sorry to say this, but Becky Lynch is just proof of that, how mm-hmm. vicious they can be. And so now, you know, we have a similar format here, but just a little bit different. Uh, really, really interesting. And, you know, once again, we have a kind of a parallel here. And I can understand, you know, you may like this one better and some people may like the one with Paige better. I don't know where I land on that, to be honest with you. I kind of think they're equally good for me. I think they both have their points. Um then I'll lead us on to, to the next thing, and we'll continue this conversation about what's going on here mm-hmm. uh, with these ladies. But uh, let's go ahead and jump into this Charlotte and Italia match since we're on this subject. And, you know, this was a match that actually was ending up being pretty good. I think that they had a solid outing. It was some of the same things I think we've seen before between Natalia, Natalia and Charlotte. So I don't think we're, you know, jumping into a new category or level with this match. But mm-hmm. what we get here is at least a showing that Charlotte is very reputable. She looks very strong. Natalia gets knocked to the outside. And, and that's when we have Ruby Riot and her friends show back up again. And they jump the barricade and they just beat the crap out of Natalia, just throwing her around on the table into the ring post. They destroy her, turn their attention on Charlotte and all of them pretty much hit their finishers on Charlotte to, to really just kind of stand tall and stand over everyone. So here we are. This is a little bit different than money. Not raw. Like you said, we all know Paige very well. People may not know Mandy Rose. They may really not know, much about her. They may really not know a lot about Sonya Deville because they're NXT stars, but I'm guarantee you most of the people kind of like maybe yourself, Liz, who don't watch NXT a lot are really clueless on who these three are, right? There's no, you know, person that's been around on TV. At least we have Ruby Riot leading the group, but she's definitely not a face that has been seen on SmackDown raw or any other place except NXT. Um, so 
this may be a breath of fresh air, or how do you feel about this? Because we kind of talked on the Monday Night Raw show last night that it was kind of nice to have some new faces. Do you think the same thing for the SmackDown side? I, I think I think the same thing for both. Um, because it, obviously there's only so many times, and you can say it for the men too, I mean, there's only so many times you can see the same person have the same match over and over. And for the most part, on, on to go to Raw for a second, everybody's waiting for the, the Sasha Bailey feud to happen to liven things up a bit and you do you have to bring in you know more people you know to f- and, and flesh it out and come up with something new i mean i think it's going to be good for both shows um i'm not totally against it on horror but seeing it's you know um how you know i really wasn't waiting for Paige to redebut i wasn't as excited as everybody else not that she's not great she is um but no, I, th- I think it'll be good. It's definitely, you know, new blood. And I, like I said, I don't know them. So I am, for the two on Roar and the three here, I am definitely interested. It does definitely, you know, pique my interest. And as I've said before on, you know, the SmackDown podcast, for me, for the... Again, I'm going to sound horrible when I say this, I know. I'm, a lot of times I'm just not into the women's division because it becomes so stale. You know, they swap best friends, they go back and forth, and it's the same thing. So this really is going to, you know, shake things up. But my big, I wonder if they're ever going to have the two new trios. How do I want to say it? It's just list my trios. But if they're ever going to be linked together. Like, it's the two, the two trios are ever, they're going to be shown that, you know, there's one big unit rather than two separate ones. Yeah, you know, that's a good thought process, too. And, I, and honestly, that was kind of at the back of my mind. Do these teams actually share a common interest, a common goal? Are, are they actually tied to each other, just, you know, hopping on different brands to kind of take control of each brand and maybe come together eventually? You know, I don't mean to be funny or maybe make a joke, but is it kind of like their own version of the Women's Bullet Club? You know, where they've come to take over everything. (laughs) I don't know that's the case. I'm just saying uh, it's uh, this group that could possibly be on both brands. They split their time rolling the roost on each brand. Who knows? But they could be very different, too. This could be a situation that they're on their own path, but they're just kind of paralleling each other, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and you bring up the point that you know sometimes maybe the women's division gets kind of boring. Do you, do you think that this kind of does add some uh, flavor? But not only that, do you think kind of like I was talking about last night on the Raw show, I kind of mentioned there's now an opportunity for you to have multiple matches and multiple feuds in the women's division, and they matter. Whereas you know sometimes they'll put one big feud on, and then they'll have another match, but it's usually just a throwaway women's match, right? It's nothing big. It's just kind of there. Mm-hmm. Now, if they wanted to, they can build two separate feuds, two separate storylines that people are hooked onto, and put them in the same show for that division. I think that would speak volumes if they did go that route. Do you feel like that's what the direction they're going, or do you think they're just kind of throwing things together and seeing what they can flush out? I, that's the direction I hope that they're going in. Um, I think it would make you know, you know, the most sense because like, as, as I was saying a couple of seconds ago and, and it's been said before, the feuds just keep repeating themselves and they just keep switching friendships, you know? So now 
you know, or there's going to be new alliances between people who didn't really, you know, like, let's say Charlotte and Natalia, are they going to be friends again? <laughs> or whatever, you know, or is anybody going to join the new girls or is one of the women there going to be, you know, maybe behind it? It opens up a lot of different, you know, opportunities. Yeah, it really does. And that's what I'm hoping uh, for both brands. I hope that it works out this you know way. And it's always exciting to have new talent. You know, we're so happy after WrestleMania because we know new talent's coming. There's going to be some changes to everything that, you know, year. So that's what's really cool about this. We already have it. It's almost like getting a little bit of uh, Christmas early, I guess you would call it, because we're actually <laughs> getting new faces before, exactly. you know, before WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> so uh okay well you know that's the women's division kind of went, went down in this episode for the women but now we got to talk about the high bros and uh, the situation they found themselves in because they had to take on the debuting of the bludgeon brothers which we've seen harper and rowan together this is nothing new uh but this is now them with this terrible gimmick here we are uh I mean, this was just just an all-out squash. I mean, there was nothing that the high bros could do. Uh, you really had, I mean, uh, let's be honest, both guys taken apart by the Bludgeon Brothers. I, did, you, did you get anything out of this? Do you have anything to say? Because I don't know what, what I have to say about this. I've been saying for the past couple of weeks that I've been very mixed on the whole thing. They're, you know, little vignettes, their little commercials, whatever you want to call them. For me, a very, you know, throwback to the 80s, you know, where you'd see, like, Mr. Perfect playing tennis and the Bushwhackers doing whatever the Bushwhackers did, you know, like, stuff like that type of thing. Um, so I've been mixed, you know, on it. It definitely was, you know, a squash. The Hype Brothers' entrance was longer than the match, I think. And um, I don't know. I like them both. Hopper, you know, of course, is, you know, really amazing. And, you know, Rowan is great as well. But I'm more mixed on it now than I was, you know, before. Their gear, you know, I don't hate it. I think it's kind of cheesy. So I don't know. I'm I'm kind of with you. I think I probably hate it more than more than I like it, and I don't see it lasting very long. Yeah, I'm, I kind of hope it doesn't last long. Now, if that means detriment to their careers, I'll take it all day long. Give it to me. Right, Just absolutely. give me the blood. I. I love to see Harper and Rowan do great things. I want them to be very successful. I may not really care for the gimmick. Like you said, it's very 80s, very cheesy. Um, but whatever it takes to get those guys on the right path, mm-hmm. give it to me because I want this tag division to be very well-rounded. I want them to matter. I don't want them to be something that's cheesy and then put to pasture in three weeks or a month and a half. I want this to work out. So please, you know, do whatever you can. Yeah. But I would love it if they'd scrap the gimmick. Just, just let them be Eric um, and Luke. I'm hope. Sorry, I'm hoping it's something along the lines of the new day. Not that they get a third person, but where it slowly evolves, you know, into something else that really works for them. You know, they started as the preachers or whatever they were, and it slowly became what you know they are now. So even that, I, I could live with that. Where if the, some of it slowly phases out. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. But, no, not for me. Yeah, exactly. And, I, hey, that would be great if this was the beginning of a transformation. But we'll see if that takes place. Let's see if they care that much about those two guys. Fingers crossed. Yeah, really, fingers crossed for sure. 
Uh, you know, later in the show, we also get a quick uh, message that we will be seeing Fandango and Tyler Breeze. Uh, they'll be doing their next thing uh, for the Fashion Police. It's going to be more geared towards Saul. Uh, so that's kind of an odd theme for them. But <laughs> we'll see. Oh. Of the game for t- whatever that was. It was weird. <laughs> Yeah, I was clueless on what it actually was, to be honest. <laughs> oh, boy. So, hey, I, I, I'm just glad we're going to have it next week. That excites me. At least that's something to, to look forward to, for sure. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, let's jump over and, and talk a little AJ Styles. Uh, AJ Styles had, you know, a, a really exciting match at Survivor Series against Brock Lesnar. He came up short, but not for the lack of trying his best. And he kind of talks about that in his promo and says, you know, he did everything he could. But, you know, you just have to know that Brock Lesnar is the beast and he did everything he could just to to survive. But he will be ready. He said, just like, you know, someone compared him to Rocky, Rocky too, Rocky wins. So, Brock, if you want to have another battle, let's go out and let's have another match. So that was kind of fun. I appreciated that he did mention that and kind of allude to that. They even show Paul Heyman. And his video that he tweeted out, uh, you know, really praising AJ Styles in a major, major way, comparing him to guys like Ric Flair and Shawn Michaels. And my God, what high praise can you give the guy? Uh, so that's really kind of cool. And this was a lot about building up AJ, but, you know, it's also about AJ moving forward and basically telling Jinder Mahal said, hey, you know, before all this went down, it was me and you. So why don't you go ahead and come down? We'll just go ahead and have the match now. And Jinder appears on the Titantron and says, uh, yes, you can say that, but nope, you're going to do it on my time. We're going to do it whenever I want, and I'm going to invoke my rematch at Clash of Champions. And so that is where we're going to see that match finally happen. But in the meantime, the Singh brothers jump AJ Styles. And it didn't take long for AJ to clean the ring out and beat those guys down uh, and stand tall. So what did you think about all this? You know, AJ got a little time in here to kind of talk. And, of course, you saw the way it all ended up. You know, it was good. It it was decent. You know, I enjoyed, you know, seeing AJ, as always. Um, It it was there. You know, for me, it it furthered things along. I like that they showed with... Um, Paul said, I actually didn't know that he tweeted it out. I haven't been on Twitter in a couple of days, really. Um, so I missed that. So that was really nice. I actually was surprised that they did that. But um, now that I know it was tweeted out earlier, it makes even more sense. But, um, you know, will we get Brock AJ again? Maybe. I don't I don't know. Unfortunately, we're all getting Brock, I'm sorry, AJ and Jinder again. So it, it moved it along. It served its purpose. Yeah, you're right. It served its purpose. Uh, I mean, but does it really excite anybody? That's the problem with me on this whole thing. It doesn't excite me. (laughs) Not like that. I mean, just to think if, you know, I keep hearing people say, oh, you know, gender's going to get it back. Uh, That that concerns me even more. Yeah. You know, I've I've always been a fan of gender's, actually. Um, I was actually a fan. I probably shouldn't admit that. I liked, you know, 3MB when it was around, you know. So, he's not somebody I hate, you know, when he first was given it, I was like, you know, I was, you know, for it, I was like, oh, you know, okay, something new, but he's, he's bland, unfortunately, you know, for me, you know, I know a lot of people, some people will disagree with me, a lot of people probably won't, 
he's just, he's just he's just bland, unfortunately, and there's nothing. I don't even think that having his little minions, you know, really even you know works for him, even with the whole Maharaja thing. There's no oomph. There's no there's no real chemistry. I don't think between the three of them. Mm-hmm. It's true. I look at Jinder Mahal as being a guy that really has set himself up in a good place, but yet, like you're saying here, doesn't have a lot of that pizzazz about him, and is not going to really sell himself, I don't think, to the American audience as much as maybe he does the Indian audience, and that's fair. That's that's really, honestly, one of the reasons they had him as the champ, to kind of sell WWE to the Indian people. And, hey, they did a decent job of it, because I think, you know, for the most part, it's been a pretty decent success over there in India. But, you know, here we are in the States, and we love AJ over here, and I'm doing the UK and other places. It's not India. It's a, it's a different story. And so, I mean, we'll have to follow it and see where it goes here. But I, I just would really love to see AJ on a run here as the WWE champion. And they've probably got some other things in mind leading up to WrestleMania. But I, I think he's a, a fun champion to watch if, you know, nonetheless, he's not gender. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as, as sad as it is, you know, to to gender bash here, or you know, what girls sound like that, you know, it, it's true. He's just dull um, as a, as a champion. You know, AJ. If, I mean, to say that you prefer Brock as a champion over gender, somebody you know who's has somebody else speak for him, that you know, <laughs> says a lot. It really does, <laughs> and so, <laughs> um, you know, it, it it is what it is. I mean, from what we have here, I mean, I, I think that you know, you got a guy in AJ who has really captured the attention of, of some of the younger fans, some of the fans that you know wanted to see another guy similar to a Shawn Michaels, and they did a good job of you know showcasing him and getting that match with Brock Lesnar was a big deal. And hopefully that'll lead us into these matches like Jinder Mahal and maybe others that, you know, if the opponent across the ring doesn't have it, you know AJ's going to at least help him. Right. So. So. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, so you got AJ Styles involved in all this. I mean, uh, so that kind of takes you to really just kind of to understand that, you know, we'll be seeing some other things in the future when it comes to that WWE championship and everything that ensues with all that. Uh, but, yeah, I mean – I think that's all we have for this show. I think we covered every single thing. Uh, we kind of did it a little out of order in the show. Uh, but for my notes here, I don't see anything else. And I remember that was anything big uh, or anything that's super special that happened. Uh, so we got to rate this thing, Liz. And what did she think overall? What did this show deserve? Well, it, it actually, for the most part, held my attention. Um, I'm going to give it a seven and a half. Yeah, I mean, I think that it was a really well-done show for the fact that they gave you a great story and Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn facing off against the entire SmackDown roster uh, and all that. They spread that out very well. I think they gave you a really great, you know, exciting moment for the women's division. The title match was fun, uh, even though you did have the interruption. I think it was, hey, it was well done. Uh, and of course, you know, throughout the night, you had the stuff with Naomi and all. So I think the two really solid parts here, plus AJ. I think, you know, for me personally, I think a seven and a half is right there for a show that really, honestly, could have came out very flat. I, I think, 
you know, when, when you looked at Raw last night, you kind of saw some things that were just kind of oh, flat, and there were certain mm-hmm. sections that were just not inspiring. You don't get a lot, a lot of that on this SmackDown. You get a few moments, you know, like the, the Bludgeon Brothers quash mm-hmm. and things like that. But I think for the most part, everything else was fairly interesting. So I think you're right on cue, and I think I'm going to go and match you. I'm going to seven and a half is where I'll go as well. Awesome. Yeah, so uh, I think that's our show tonight, Liz. And I- I've really had a fun time. I appreciate you-, you letting me join in here with you. And, um, you know, hopefully Harry feels better. I feel so bad that the, the guy has been dealing with sickness lately. Yeah. Um, man. But, uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully uh, next week you'll get more Harry. And uh, we'll <laughs> hopefully uh, get a chance to uh, see what goes on. On uh, the rest of this week in uh, wrestling, because we got NXT uh, coming up. That review show is going to be, I think, very exciting. I just want people to know that because Paul Leeser has been building it up for me, Liz. He actually was live in Houston and got a chance to see NXT before I have. So he is thrilled about it. So it's kind of making me excited about talking NXT this week. So <laughs> it's going to be a fun review show. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tune in myself, actually. Yeah, it's going to be really good. And yeah. I, I, trust me, I'm sure you'll be having a lot of fun. And I'm sure I'll see you on that W2M uh, chat. And we'll be talking probably back and forth about how great that whole show is. So people tune in. The, the way you get this show and, of course, NXT on a regular basis and the raw reviews and all these great shows we do, you can go check out W2Mnet.com. Yeah, that's right. That's the place to go find all your great wrestling needs and a lot more. Subscribe, rate, and review over at Wrestling to the Max or the W2M Network. Either one will work great because you'll get our shows and you'll get also a lot more great content that you're not going to want to miss out on any of the action. Also, from WomenMania.com, LastWordOnProWrestling.com. Go check them out. Support them because they support us. We appreciate you all for joining us, and we hope you have a very, very happy Thanksgiving, and we will catch you guys next week. The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment.